Fireflies Unite with Kia, your weekly podcast from the perspective of individuals thriving with a mental illness. We are normalizing the conversation about mental health within communities of color to foster mental wellness and empowerment. Welcome to another episode of the Fireflies Unite podcast with me, Kia, where our mission is to bring light into darkness, just like the fireflies, by simply sharing the stories of people of color who live and thrive with the mental illness and to normalize the mental health conversation. So happy Monday. And if you are new here, this podcast is all about mental health, self-care and well-being. It is my hope and desire that when you listen to this podcast, you begin to prioritize your mental health. You know that you're not alone um, and that you feel more comfortable with talking about mental health, that you understand the importance of having healthy relationships, setting boundaries. Um, Just from hearing the stories of people who struggled um, with their mental health or whether they had a mental health diagnosis. Um, you, we hear from people from all walks of life, um, even though majority of the people who I interview on the podcast are people of color, um, they all still have very different stories, whether, whether they've survived suicide, um, whether they had a loved one who they were caring for, whether they were the primary caregiver or one of the caregivers of a loved one who struggled um, with having a mental health condition. And then also, if you're new, some people tend not to know the difference between mental health and mental illness. And sometimes people use them interchangeably and they're actually not the same. So mental health is the your emotional and mental uh, state. So that could be you could have good mental health or you could have poor mental health, just like you can have good physical health or poor physical health. The thing is, it's just your mental health is your current mental and emotional and psychological state. That's what your mental health is, whether that is good or bad. And then mental illness or either a mental health condition or a mental health diagnosis, that those are labels, um, essentially, And they are also billing codes, as I like to say. So um, therapists and if you go into the hospital for um, your mental health, they know how to code it and how to uh, bill the insurance company. But they're they're essentially labels so that it gives us a name to what's going on in our brain. So that can be anything from major depressive disorder to generalized anxiety disorder to socialized anxiety to social anxiety to PTSD, to schizophrenia, to bipolar disorder. Those are just their their labels and those are mental health conditions or mental illness. But again, I like to remind people that mental health and mental illness are not the same. And someone can have really poor mental health and not have a mental health condition. They could be on the verge of having a of developing a mental health diagnosis. But the biggest thing is I just want people to understand the difference between the two, because sometimes 
we use them as synonyms and they're not the same. Um, I also want to thank a listen, one of the listeners who reached out to me last week for the iPhone case, the one that says I told my therapist about you. So the iPhone case is gone. I will be mailing it out this week, but we do have the Android cell phone case that says I told my therapist about you. And that um, that's just those are just small thank yous to just say thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for sharing it. Uh, thank you for everyone who's left a review on the podcast. If you have not done so, can you please do that for a sister that would be greatly appreciated? And also, I just want to remind you all that next this next Sunday on the 29th, well, this Sunday, actually, on the 29th, I will be sharing my story of living with a mental health condition um, and just surviving suicide um, at the Cathedral International in Perth Amboy, New Jersey. So if you're in the New Jersey, New York area, feel free to come out. I'll be at the 9.30 and 12, 9.30 a.m. and 12 o'clock p.m. services. And I'll also be signing books. So I look forward to seeing anyone who may come out who listen to the podcast. I'm always excited when I meet people who come up to me like, I listen to your podcast. Um, sometimes it throws me off. It's like weird because, I mean, I know people listen, but... I don't know. Sometimes it's just weird for me for whatever reason. I remember when my therapist told me, she was like, yeah, I heard that episode of your podcast. And I was like, you listen to my podcast? I don't know. It kind of creeps me out a little bit. Um, But overall, I'm really glad that people are gaining valuable insight from listening to the podcast. And I'm always looking of ways to improve the podcast and I'm looking for more stories. So if you have a story that you want to share or if you know someone who would be a get a great guest and they can add value to the podcast, I would be interested in interviewing them. And yeah, so and then I also want to give a huge thank you to Kyra um, from Kyra Pickney having the event. Um, called Curls and Mental Health that was this past weekend. And it was a really nice event where we talked about self-care and, um, you know, just just for Black women. I thought it was really great how she used um, our hair as a conversation starter to talk about mental health. I thought that was really unique um, and very uh, different because, of course, it's easier to get people to talk about their hair and what they do to maintain their health. Um, it was for Black women to talk about their hair care, their hair routine, um, and then self-care. And then I shared my story. And, you know, people came up to me and they said that they felt my story to be um, insightful and they were grateful that I shared it. So thank you to Kyra for just having me a part of that event. I'm, I'm really grateful anytime someone invites me to come to share my story. And I always hope that something that is shared, that it sticks with someone and it encourages them to prioritize their mental health and to be of a better support for individuals who are 
going through a tough time and really struggling with their mental health. Those are all my announcements. And so on today's episode, you all, I want to have a little venting session. (laughs) So I guess that's another benefit of having a podcast too. You can (laughs) um, create a community around just some of the things that you've experienced and other people can identify with what it is that you're going through. It may not be the exact same thing, but um, there are often uh, common threads in the stories that I that I tend to share on the podcast. So today I wanted to talk about why I don't like answering how are you as someone who struggles with depression. And it's for so many reasons, but I'm going to use an article I re- uh, wrote on the mighty. I don't know how many years ago. Wow. Four years ago. I wrote an article on The Mighty four years ago. That's when I first started opening up and talking about um, my mental health. Um, I was writing under an alias name, but now I write articles under my my name. So, But I thought it would be um, something interesting just to talk about, to see what other people's experiences have been. So I say, okay, so I remember last week, on last week's episode, I talked about how I don't like responding to text messages that say, how are you? And I was explaining to my friend, um, shout out to Destiny. She's, 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 she's awesome. I ain't going to even get into a whole, a whole rant about her, but she's, she's super dope. A friend who has been there for me through like everything. And um, I'm just really grateful that I, that I have her. And so I sent her a text message the other day and I told her that the reason why I don't like responding to how are you text because if if I'm not doing when I'm not doing well and I'm in depression it reminds me that I'm not doing well and then I have to constantly state that to like I don't know how many text messages to people that I'm not doing well and it just it just makes me feel worse like or just adds to what already is going on. And so, but that sounds really, I told her like, that sounds really mean and like self-centered and like, I'm not appreciative of people reaching out to me because I am, I'm really grateful. And I, it's hard not to send the message out to people that when I'm not responding to their text messages, that like, it's a personal jab against them because it's really not like it's nothing done is I'm not being like malicious or like purposely ignoring a text message because it's just like I said, when I when someone says, how are you? Or they're like, I'm just checking in that I have to have this conversation of I'm not. No, I'm not doing well or I'm doing the same or sometimes <laughs> people will turn the conversation and make it about them. So like, you'll be like, oh, I'm not doing well. And they'll be like, oh, I know how you feel. I I was depressed too. Or like, I mean, and sometimes it can't, you, people do find comfort in others um, and people being able to have similar experiences. Cause of course that's what it's all about. But sometimes when 
when you say like, oh, I know how you feel because I was depressed too, or I know how you feel because I had a friend or relatives who was depressed too. The thing is, even if that person was struggling with depression, it's still going to show up differently because it doesn't show up the exact same on every single person. And not to mention, when you say statements like that, it automatically, it dismisses how the person is feeling. And because truth be told, no one knows exactly how someone is feeling because we're all different. So you may feel similar, but you don't know exactly how someone is feeling. And so sometimes when I get text messages that say like, how are you? And if I respond, people will do that. They'll, they assume they know how I feel because they've experienced depression or because they know someone who experienced it. So on behalf of people who experience it, I would like to say that it is not helpful to say, I know how you feel because I went through something similar, or I know how you feel because my aunt or my cousin or my friend, that just dismisses the person's feeling. It doesn't validate them. And when someone is struggling, the biggest thing that they need is somebody to validate their feelings. That's why therapy is great because your therapist will validate your feelings. Um, and I know a friend who that has been really good with doing that is my friend Destiny. So no, she doesn't dismiss my feelings and she doesn't make the conversation about herself, but she will validate how I'm feeling and acknowledge. Um, and she will also provide me with a different perspective. And she also will let me know when I'm when I'm wrong, not necessarily when I'm in the depression, when I'm in a better mental space, she'll, you know, she often helps me see things from a different perspective, which is really, really, really helpful. Um, but that's really like when it comes down to text messages, like why I don't like answering that. Now, I'm not going to say that's on every single person who experienced depression that they don't want people checking in on them. Overall, yes. We want people to check in on us because we want to know that we matter. We want to know that, especially if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts and if you're dealing with feelings of loneliness, you definitely want to know that you're loved or you want to be, you may know that, but you may need to be reminded that you're valued, that you're loved. And even though I told my friend, like perfect example, I told my friend Destiny, I was like, please don't take it personal. I really do appreciate when you reach out to me, even if I don't respond. And I was like, don't take it personal. And she was like, I don't take it personal. She's like, I know that you're going through a difficult time, but I just sent you a text message to um, to make you smile, to um, let you know that you're not alone. And I do, I really do appreciate it, even if I don't respond right away. And um, that can be really challenging from the receiving end. I can understand that because to people who are reaching out to you, they could be like, well, I reach out and they don't respond. And they may take it personal and be like, well, I'm not going to reach out to them. And they have that right because they can feel like they're trying and they're not they're hitting like a a brick wall. But here's the thing. I have what I have found. And like I've said on uh, previous episodes that a person's presence means a lot in so many ways, um, because some people they may be fine with the text message 
how are you? For them, it gets them talking about things. It gets them to open up about what's going on. Um, so I'm not discouraging not res- uh, opening, not sending text messages to people um, and saying, how are you? I'm checking in. If you're supporting a loved one, continue to do that. Um, especially if you find that it helps, it gets them talking about it. But in this like this digital age and like us having everything at our fingertips, a text message is like I'm when I'm getting ready to say I'm like that can sound really selfish and self-centered. But sometimes a text message could be like a it's like an easy cop out like, oh, how you know, how are you? And sometimes that's all people can offer, which if that's all they can offer, then that's all they can offer. You can't fault someone for that. But for me, like I said, physical presence is a lot for me. Like when I'm in the thick of it, I'm, you know, it's very rare that you're going to get me talking about how miserable I'm feeling in a text message. Like I'm just not about to have a conversation with someone through a text message about, oh, I'm feeling miserable and I'm thinking about um, I'm having recurring thoughts about death. Like I'm, it's so rare. Like I may send that to one or two, like it's very few. And even if I do have that, it's not going to be a long drawn out text message. I'm going to be really short and it may something say something like pray for me. I'm struggling with suicidal thoughts or something like that. I'm not going to have like a long, like, you know, encyclopedia, like going back and forth, like novels about all of that. And I'm definitely probably not going to pick up the phone because I don't want to talk. And so for me, I like, you know, told my friend this past weekend, I was like, sometimes, you know, like I said, my mind will trick me into believing that I'm by myself. And I know that I'm not. And I know that people care about me. I told her I was like, but what I need is somebody to physically show up for me. Like that is important. And like this past weekend, my friend Destiny came over. And she helped me organize my books for the book signing that I have coming up this Sunday and helped me pack them, squeeze them all into a suitcase because I have like over 150 books that I'm that I'm bringing. And so she like helped me do that. We talked a little bit about about some stuff and then we just laid in my bed and watched TV like that was it. Like I felt it just felt good having somebody physically there. We, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, how, how how I've been doing and why I haven't been responding to text messages. And like, it was just really, it's different for me. Like, I need the physical time. I Like, I need somebody physically there. So that's, if someone wants to support me, that's the best way to support me. Um, and if they can't do that, I understand because people have their own lives and, um, they have things that they're dealing with too, and they may not be able to be a support. That's why it's really important to find like who your core people are and who are people that you can reach out to. Like I know a friend who I can reach out to for prayer anytime at the drop of a dime. I can call them at three, four o'clock in the morning and I know she's going to pick up the phone to pray with me. Like she can't physically be there for me because she lives across the country, but I know that she will be there for me if I need that spiritual support. And there are some times when I may not reach out to her because I physically want somebody there. And at that time, that 
is not what I need and that's not what's going to help me in the moment. So I may reach out to somebody who lives closer to me, like my friend Destiny, who can physically come over. Uh, A bit of, you know, when it comes to the whole text message thing. And I don't know, people sometimes, I never want anybody to take it personal and think I'm being like a rude or like I don't care or I'm not grateful. It's just that I'm at a war inside my mind. That's the only way I can explain it. Especially the past week of having thoughts of like death reoccurring. Like, no, I don't have a plan of how I how I would do it, but it's just sometimes having those thoughts of like it would be better if I wasn't here or I wish I was dead or like it's some for lately for me those thoughts have been reoccurring and it could be re- reoccurring a lot and it could be because I'm off of my medication which we're going to have an episode about that weaning off phase about being weaned off your medication and um how I'm in the process of considering having my psychiatrist put me back on my medication just so I can function um because I there have been things that I have been able to do that's why I feel like my episode currently is like a moderate depression because I still have been like going to the gym maintaining a a pretty decent healthy diet um I do know so because I've still been I've lost the weight, the six or seven pounds that I've gained, I've lost it. So I have been, you know, keeping up with working out and trying to keep up with some of the things that help me feel good. And working out is great. You know, it definitely helps me. But I find that, you know, working out, it gets your endorphins going. So you have a natural high. And so I do feel good for like a few hours after I work out. But I find that it's usually it's it's like a dec- a decline in my mood. It's like a crash and I start to get really I don't even want to say sad because I don't feel sad, but it's only like the only way I can say it is like a depressed mood. Um it's it's just very low. Like I don't feel I didn't haven't at least the past week I haven't felt sad, like I wanted to cry or anything like that, but it's just been a very low, like depressed mood where not having energy for much. And it was very hard. I had a training all last week and it was super hard getting through that training. And even my instructors in the training and my classmates, um, they noticed that I wasn't doing well too in the training. So um, it, it was, it was, it was definitely challenging. So that's the whole reason behind the whole text message thing. So that's like more of a a more intimate thing when I'm speaking in terms of how are you? But now I want to speak about like a broader spectrum of how are you like when you're in the movies or when somebody's holding the elevator door for you. And the thing is, it's because like we live in such a, a fast paced society. So like saying how are you in passing is considered like common courtesy. Um, so like you could be in the checkout line at the grocery store, um, and the cashier will most likely say something like, how are you? Or like maybe you're in the elevator and someone is holding the door for you, the the elevator door for you. And, and then you come into the elevator and they say like, how are you? And, and it's almost like second nature for us to be like, I'm okay. And I'm fine. And. I want to challenge that because I'm okay and I'm fine are not emotions. Those are not feelings. Like what is, 
It doesn't go beneath the surface. It's very, very surface level. And even when you're not feeling well, you may, may say, I'm okay, I'm okay, or I'm fine. And what I have done now is, especially like when I'm experiencing depression, I'll say I'm pushing forward or like I'm holding on or I'm, or I'm doing my best. I, I, I say something um, like that because I'm okay and I'm oh, fine, fine. Like I said, those are not emotions and I'm lying to be like, oh, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. So I, that's another reason like on a larger scale, whereas like even with people in the community and just in society, when you're not feeling well, even if whether you battle with depression or bipolar disorder or anxiety, or even if you don't have a mental health condition at all, it's just common to be like, I'm okay. I'm, I'm fine. And I'm like, is it really possible for a person to be fine every single day? Like, or to be doing okay 365 days a year? Is that truly possible? And I used to try not to think too much into it, but like I said, I cringe at the words, how are you? Like I said, on a personal, on a personal level with the text messages, it's because it, I'm reminded that I'm not doing well and I don't like repeating it. But on a larger scale, honestly, you know, can I really tell someone in five seconds as they hold the door open for me? as I'm walking into a building, how I'm really doing, you know, and honestly, like truth be told, complete strangers don't really care how I'm doing. Um, in most cases, or in a lot of cases, they don't. Um, and even some family members and friends, they can't really handle how I'm doing or be that support for me when I'm not doing well. And I'm really struggling in a depressive um, episode. And so imagine if y'all, the conversation went like this, you were like, and you were randomly somewhere out in the community, whether it's a grocery store, the movies, or at the doctor's office, just say, and the conversation goes like, how are you? And your response is, I'm not doing so well. I'm battling depression and I often struggle with suicidal thoughts. Or you said something like, I hate my life and I struggle with, you know, cutting myself. And then you like pull up your sleeves and you show them the cuts on your arm. Imagine how that how that will go. I'm pretty sure it will shock the hell out of the person and the, the person who asks, you know, how are you? They may even regret that they asked you in the first place. And no, like I don't want to sound like I'm against being courteous and kind to people, but People who struggle with depression um, or bipolar disorder or or an anxiety disorder, they already are overcritical of their thoughts um, and their feelings. And the question, how are you? It deserves an honest answer. And, you know, on behalf of people who are struggling with their mental health conditions, you know, I suggest just just give a person a smile or find something else to say, like, hello, have a good day. Um, you know, good morning, good afternoon, have a good night. Um, I, I wish you well or like something that doesn't require like a response in return. 
because a person who's battling depression, they may only have one person or select uh, individuals that they can be completely honest with. And some people may not even have anyone that they can be honest with. Um, and when a person is is battling, especially with depression, like the last thing they need is a is a person to ask them, how are you when you really, really don't care? Um, it's a waste of breath. It's a waste of time because I have found that a lot of times the words or the phrase I'm okay or I'm fine, there's silent cries for help. And you would never know that because I'm okay or I'm fine. It's just accepted in society. And think about it. When most people are saying, how are you when you're like out living your life? They're usually saying it in passing. People don't really actually stop for a conversation. It's like, how are you? And you're like, I'm fine, but y'all like still moving. And it's like, you just asked me a question. And so for some reason, we tend to just accept accept it and move on with life. And so I just like to challenge people, especially um, it's different when it's in like your personal and it's like intimate life with like family or friends. But like when you're out, just be mindful about that. And it's something that I actually, I'm not going to say I haven't done it, but now that I've realized how those words impact me or that question impacts me, now I'm really, really like skeptical. No, 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 not skeptical wouldn't be. Now I'm really cautious. That's the word. I'm really cautious when I say, how are you? Because if I say, how are you to someone, then I genuinely do want to know how someone is doing. And if I'm in a moment where I don't care or like I may not be in the best mental space to handle that, then I just say, have a good day. I learned something that the acronym FINE in therapy, in the group therapy setting when I was in the hospital, that F-I-N-E, you know, FINE, it stands for feelings I'm not expressing. And... I just remember at one point when I used to like work, um, go into an office every single day and my coworkers would walk past my desk and they would be like, how are you? Or how was your weekend? And I, would, and I was so torn in the inside because I felt like I was forced to say I'm okay when I really wasn't. And I thought it would be inappropriate to share what was really going on. That was like around the time when I first got my diagnosis of generalized anxiety and major depressive disorders. So I I didn't really say how I was doing and I also didn't float want my business floating around the office. So I just would say, I'm fine, I'm okay. But it's important that you understand that when people are struggling, they really need you to be empathetic and supportive. And if you can't handle the truth, do not ask someone how you're doing. Like if you really don't care or you think you're just saying it just to be nice. Don't don't act so don't just don't say it. And you know, like currently y'all know I'm in recovery and I have really been practicing um I practice it. I practice if I really want to know, of course I say, "How are you?" If I if I'm not in a space where I can handle it or I'm in a rush, I just be like, "You know what? Let me just say have a good day." Um and for me, like I for people in my circle, I'm honest. When people ask me how I'm doing, I tell them, like, especially if they're, if they're, if, if a person is there, like, in person, 
Like, I'm really going to tell them how I'm doing. You may not get how I'm doing through a text message for all the reasons that I explained. I may respond. I'm not going to say I I don't respond to any text message that I get. I may respond depending on um, the mental space that I'm in. Um, and when in those moments when I do respond, someday somebody's going to get, you know, when I'm doing great, it's going to be roses. I'm going to be, it's going to be roses and sunshine because I'm feeling accomplished. I'm smiling from ear to ear and I'm doing really well. And other days people may get a really dark cloud and they may be really morbid. Like, Hey, I'm struggling. I haven't thoughts about death. And if you really care about me and you really want to know how I'm doing, then I'm going to tell you. But then also my response in return would be like, well, the thing that people can say to help is, well, how can I best support you? How can I be there for you if, you know, if they can, if they're able to, if they can support you? And if not, you know, I often tell people when they reach out to me, I, like I said, I really don't like sending long text messages about how miserable I'm doing. It really does not feel good. It really makes me feel worse. So, what I do is, like I said, I did to my friend and I said, and she said, well, actually, I didn't even, I text to her. This was like the week before last. And I said, hey, this is the best way that anybody, if you want to support me, this is the best way to support me during this time. Because, I mean, I may or may not respond to a text message, but if you come over, we're bound to have a conversation. And even if we don't talk, I just want somebody to physically be there. Like, I enjoyed that my friend was, we snuggled up in my bed and we watched Pose. And that really meant the world to me. So my suggestion for anyone is to think twice, maybe even three times before you say those three simple words, how are you? And I know I put it like in a larger scale. Like I said, I put it on a smaller scale in the sense of it may be very helpful. So I want to be clear. I'm not discouraging anyone from reaching out to their loved ones who's going through a difficult time because text messaging, that may be the best form of communication for them. They may want to talk about it through a text message. Some people may want to talk about it over the phone. And there have been times where I have talked about what I'm going through over the phone. It's just that it's not common or it's not it's not in my norm when I'm in the thick of a, a episode to have long drawn out conversations that I'm not doing well. It's more common for me to have it in person. That's why I truly enjoy going to therapy because for those 45 minutes to an hour, I can sit and talk about how I'm actually doing. And it's in person, like the in-person thing is huge for me. So whatever it is for you, like I said, I don't want to discourage that. But the the point of having this conversation is in your intimate circle. Make sure that if you're asking someone how they're doing, that if they give you an honest answer, that. If you can, if you can ask them, how can you support them? Because sometimes people, they want to help you, 
but they don't know how to help you. And it's also important for the person who is going through a depression or experiencing a challenging time in their life that you express what it is that you need. That's something huge my therapist has been working with me on. People are not my readers. So if you don't tell them what you need, they won't know. I used to get mad all the time that people weren't supporting me. And it wasn't until a friend um, used to just start showing up at my house. And then I would I would say like, oh, I don't want anybody to come to my house but because I didn't want to feel like a burden. But I actually did want somebody to come and sit with me. And I would, and I would get upset. Like nobody cares. Nobody's checking on me. But I would have tons of text messages of people reaching out. But I realized it wasn't that wasn't what I needed at the time. Sometimes a text message will do. But again, for me, it's the physical, um, someone being physically there. And so something that is that can really, really help you guys, um, this, you know, not just for the person who's experiencing a difficult time, but for people who want to help, because I truly believe most people really do want to help. They just don't know how. And so something that is really beneficial, y'all, there is a course that's called Mental Health First Aid. Just like, you know, people have regular first aid and it helps you with CPR and they have Mental Health First Aid where it's an eight hour course. So you take it in a full day and it helps you on how to actually identify the signs of bipolar disorder, how to identify the signs of depression. Because if y'all know, I get a little uh, agitated or I sometimes feel offended when people use sadness as a synonym for depression. And I'm like, sadness and depression are not the same thing. We're not going to get into that because I have an entire episode on the difference between sadness and depression. And I will be sure to link to that in the show notes so that if you want to know the difference between the two and the reason why I usually get offended or feel some type of ways because depression almost like took my life away. Like I almost lost my life to it. So for someone to just be sad that DSW uh, be like, oh, I'm so depressed because DSW don't have my shoes or I'm so depressed because my show not back on like. It's just insensitive and it it doesn't capture the severity of the illness. And so that's why I I really want to caution people to be really mindful about saying they're depressed when they may actually just be sad. Um, But going back to that course, it's actually a course that I've taken so that when I am doing well, I know how to best support someone because even if I am supporting someone who's experienced depression, um, it's still who who currently experiencing it. And I may be at a space where I'm better managing it and I'm doing pretty well. They still may need a support in a different way. So I can't assume that because I want to be supported one way that this is how someone else wants to be supported. So with that course, um, it helps you identify the signs of like psychosis. Some people don't know what that is, and I can't get into all of that, but it really do helps you to identify the signs of whether it's schizophrenia, um, um, severe, severe anxiety, 
um, and how you can best support the person. And I also recently, not only did I go through the training of being able to to be with they call them mental health first aiders. So you help someone who may be in a mental health crisis um, until you, you're not there to diagnose the person, but you can identify the signs and you can point them to the direction of resources or be with them until like the paramedics or the police show up um, until like the crisis resolves. So that is very beneficial. If you wanna know how to care for someone, take mental health first aid. And I actually just became trained on teaching mental health first aid. So now I will actually be teaching these uh, trainings, these eight hour trainings. So not only can I assist someone um, who's experiencing a mental health crisis or struggling with their mental health, now I'm able to teach people how to um, how to be that support for individuals too. So I, yes, I will be offering mental health first aid trainings. Um, and that was the training that I took last week. Um, and so I'm really, really excited about this because now I'll be able to teach members who are part of the, the Christian faith as I identify as a Christian on the best things to say, like mental health first aid will help you on the best things to say, the things not to say. Like I said earlier, do not say, I know how you feel. I had someone go through it. I know how you feel because I went through it. Like that is not helpful. Whatever you do, do not say that. Um, so it do. It helps you say, um, know the things to say, the things not to say, the things to do, the things not to do. And it's just very educational and it's very um, helpful because, like I said, people want to help. But in most cases, they don't know how to help. So I will also put the link in the show notes for the mental health first aid course so that no matter where you live, they offer courses all over the country. They have a lot of uh, trained facilitators and that um, you can be able to take that course. So I will be offering that course in the DMV area, but I'll also be offering it in different states um but i'm in the planning stages y'all so bear with me but um it's really helpful because i'll be training my focus will be training on the christian community also training um higher ed so like staff members individuals who work at a um a university and um helping students um, but also not just helping um, students, but then like their co-workers, you know, their peers um, and training um, business owners who have um, who have a small business and they want to know how to best support um, their colleagues um, and their staff. So it's very important that people know how to because you never know you could be in a grocery store, you could be at work, you could be in the movies like somebody could easily have a panic attack. And you don't you won't know how to assist them. But if you take mental health first aid, you'll know how to assist someone who is experiencing a panic attack. So just things like that. And so I just want to encourage you all to take advantage of that. And that is my topic for the week. And I hope that you all got something out of it. And again, y'all, please write in and let me know. Do y'all like this? Do y'all like the, the you know, not having the format of the therapist shout out and the mind, body and wellness segment? I did figure out I did. I am going to try something new 
we have a few interviews that are being um, that I'll be recording in the upcoming weeks. And I am going to try something new just to try different things, like I said, with the podcast to see what sticks and what doesn't stick. But I really just want to thank you all for listening, for giving me a space to to share about when I'm when I'm not doing so well so that you all can see that I don't always have it together. And I want people to know that I'm talking with you like I'm in this with other people. I'm not talking to you in a space like I've got it all together or I've arrived. And like I said, I'm I'm doing much better than I've done in the previous weeks. And I may be on the up and up. It is my hope and prayer. Um, but like I said, we're definitely going to have an episode on the whole weaning off phase of like my medication and what that was like and how it's been a decline for me and how now I'm considering going back on the medication just so I can be able to function at my maximum capacity. Like I haven't, I had the longest during this episode that I may have been in the bed is for like three or four days. But I've been really trying to make sure that I'm drinking water and that I'm eating. So at my bare minimum that I'm taking care of that I that I don't get dehydrated or I don't starve. Um, and so it I just want to like while I'm in this episode where I say I would consider it to be moderate, severe for me would be I take care of my hygiene or I didn't brush my teeth Um I haven't had anything to eat or drink in like three or four days. Like that's what severe would be for me when I like really stop functioning and I'm not doing nothing. Meaning like I'm not going to the gym. I'm not recording a podcast. Like I'm not doing nothing at all. And so it it's, it's levels to this. And I like Pete and I want to educate people on that. There's no matter what a mental uh, health condition someone has, it varies from mild to moderate to severe. And so it's important. That's why therapy is important so that you can intervene before it gets to the point where it's so severe. So thank you all for listening to this episode and you all have a very blessed week. I want to encourage you all to leave your reviews on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to the podcast. Um, I look forward to meeting all of you. And again, just thank you so much for listening. You all have a blessed week and I will talk to y'all next week. I hope that you obtain tools and resources from the Fireflies Unite podcast to help you manage your mental health. But please do not use it as a substitute for a relationship with a licensed therapist or psychiatrist. Let's continue the conversation by following me on Fireflies Pod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.